Hey besties! Welcome to the BFF Bookcast. We're your hosts, Teresa and Katie. Before we jump in, we just want to remind everyone that what we discuss are our own thoughts and opinions. Just remember we are here to have a good time. And as always, please check trigger warnings before reading any books we will be discussing. And beware, we curse like the Bat Boys probably do during their annual snowball fight. Wands at the ready, guys. Wands at the ready. Welcome to our special Akatar <laughs> podcast. Sorry, I'm holding the books as if people on the podcast can see me um, displaying them. Um, and we have a special guest with us today, Mary. Oh, hi guys. At Roses Are Red on TikTok and Instagram. If you don't follow her, you should. I mean, you probably follow her on Instagram because she's super popular. She's insta famous. Yeah. Like, like honestly, like me and the Instagram account are pretty much at equals right now so yeah I love how Goose is making himself known as well like I know I apologize it's just anytime I say like hello he's like someone's here someone's gotta protect my woman so <laughs> gotta protect my woman. <laughs> it's okay I have, I have Winston meowing at me because I stopped playing with him but mom's gotta work you know like someone's so I- have to pay the bills that aren't being paid by our part-time gig <laughs> yeah Goose has a lot, a lot of feelings about um, Tamlin, I can tell. So I figure we should oh, just jump it's like right in. like he knows what we're about to talk about. Yeah. I, know, I apologize if it's too loud. I can try and give him another treat. But no, uh, it's funny. This is the first time I've done like a full read through since I think I've read it. Like I've listened to Akamath like 500 times since, but. No, I, um. This- First time. Okay, so when I first read the series, I read them on Kindle, and I was like, I, you know, I gotta go buy these. So I went and bought them, but I never actually cracked the books open. And then I bought them on audio, and I think I've listened to it twice on audio. So this is my first like actual time holding the books while reading them. Um, and I was tabbing like a lunatic and then annotating. Um, and I so I can never lend these out now because my notes are absolutely feral. Um, and also full one, of- would you ever even actually loan them out? No. Yeah, exactly. I still I would spend my own money and give it books. to someone. Yeah, say so I would buy them as a gift for somebody, but I would never let anybody touch these. I let my friend Jackie borrow my Tessa Bailey books because I know that she'll take good care of them, but no one's touching my Akatar. So I had actually I read bought, I bought the first one probably like right when the pandemic hit. Because, like, you know, everyone, like, I think I had already done all the Colleen Hoovers and everything like that. So I bought it. But, and I had read literally up until, like, right before Feyre, like, Tamlin came to the cabin and everything. And honestly, I was kind of bored. Like, it was, like, the first, like, 50 pages moved slow. Because it's very, it reminds me kind of, like, the beginning of the Hunger Games. Like, she's in the woods and not a lot's going on. And I was just like, eh. So then I put it down. And then I remember I picked it up. And I think I did not move for 24 hours. Like, I just read. And I was like. You know, it's like that light bulb moment. Like, why did I wait so long? And it sounds yeah. so cliche, but. I had, yeah, I had the, I had Akatar downloaded on my Kindle, I think for like almost a year. And I just like, was like, I'm not fairies. Like, I'm just like not interested. Yeah. And then I, ke- and then like, it kept coming up and I was like bored one day and I was like, I'm just going to try to start it. And I think after, yeah, like a hundred pages, I was like in. The fairy thing for me, too, I don't know why, but it was a weird turnoff because I was so used to, like, more of the, I guess, paranormal romance side or, yeah. like, the straight fantasy, like, Game of Thrones. Like, but 
I was like vampires, shapeshifters. That was more what I was used to. So fair, fairies, I don't know. This sounds like mean, but I just kind of associate it with like the Renaissance fair type thing. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it. I but, also, um, what was that movie? Oh my God. Fern Gully. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, they're like little like tree fairies. And like this human girl is going to have to like shrink down to like be part of like the fairy. I don't, I. Thumbelina. <laughs> yeah. Like I was like, oh, okay. Like. I mean, sure, but, like, I'm not going to be, like, sexually attracted to any, like, what, like, thumb-sized fairies, not understanding, like, the culture around, like, fairies, Mm -hmm. F-A-E-R-I-E-S, so, but, yeah, Um, but, yeah, speaking of, like, the woods, I mean, the first 50 pages, like you said, they were really slow, Um, even, like, when she meets, like, when she's, like, goes to the town and she's like trying to sell the hide and she meets like the mercenary. I thought that woman was going to come back at some point and like be like vital to the story. Um, obviously not. I think like she does, she's the one who like helps Nesta when Nesta's in Akatar, like going to try to find mm-hmm. Feyre. But I thought that she was like part fairy too. And she was going to like show up somewhere or like be part of the curse and like, but no. Then it, um, is it just me or like, you know, the whole children and the blasted thing? Yeah. I always pictured them as like, you know, in Star Wars, like the little Jabberwocky that have like no face, like just yeah. little like gremlins. That's how I pictured them. And I think I did start getting more interested a little bit then, like, but it it's just definitely I was, I don't know. I like you guys know, I don't do well with world building and trying to like understand what was going on kind of. And but then obviously you get hooked and then it's just crazy yeah and then we meet tamlin very early on um but before we meet tamlin we meet Thera's sisters and i have a lot of opinions about that we should put a trigger warning right now (laughs) yeah trigger warning none of us are nesta fans um i actually in akatar in in all of the books um i had a color tab every time nesta was being a bitch what was the color um, it changed per book because I ran out of tabs. <laughs> Do you like use tab colors that like equate to certain things? Because like I'll use like certain colors for some reason in a book because it just like nested to me is like like a red. Well, I wanted to use red for her, but I used red. Um, like for I, me, it's like spicy romance stuff yeah. usually. But then other than that, I kind of just like whatever's closest to me because I find that if I take too much time because I'm so OCD about having it have to line up and everything that it takes so long to find the color and do that so like I just kind of go but red's always spicy for me but Nessa I I have a couple things tabbed and highlighted too it's just I just her sister's feeding and clothing her I just don't get her uh, her issue with Feyre but like her like need to always protect Elaine Especially because Feyre was, like, the youngest of them. Probably, like, the least offensive. She was, like, eight years old, um, I think, like, when their mother died. And, like, what was she, like, 14 the first time she went hunting? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's because she's, like, the favorite child. So she's I, she wasn't. I think, like the, like, the father, like, favored Elaine and the mother favored Nesta. I thought father favored um, Nesta at times, though, too. No, Nesta hated the dad. I know she hated the, him, but, like, there was yeah, something I feel like I remember her saying that she was favored for something. Maybe her beauty, but... I know that the, I know that the mother, like, Nesta was, like, her pride and joy, and, like, 
that's, that's really, what it was I knew yeah. someone was like a pride and so she was like yeah when you're like someone's pride and joy and no one else is like anything yeah like and, I think what like hit me the most was like when Farah made the kill and sold everything and both Elaine and her were like I'd love a new cloak and I'd love new boots and like Farah literally looked over to her shoes in the corner and were like recalling how they were too small for her but like she's gonna mm-hmm. give the money to her sister just so she can go get new boots and I was like wow I don't like you at all I hate you <laughs> and like Farah says like she like asks Nesta um to like chop chop wood and like Nesta gives her, like, besides so Farah much- you're are so much better at it <laughs> like that's why she says no <laughs> yeah like I don't know I'd love a new cloak I'd love a new pair of bo- like boots and like and I will say I under- I know Nesta fans will say you know, everyone deals with trauma in their own way. And I am completely on board with that. I understand that people deal with trauma in their own way. But I always think that at some point, you kind of still have to, like, her sister's literally putting her life at risk going out into the woods every single day. Like, what if that wolf turned out to not be? I just don't think there's a reason like, to be cruel to others based on your, again, like, I'm like, not, how are they like, going to eat otherwise? So, like, I'm yeah. not, I can't compare and I'll never say anything against anybody else's experiences because you can't, don't think that's fair. But like, I just don't think there's ever a reason to be cruel to others. Especially, exactly. yeah, I like, think you can still caring for her. You could still think somebody's not nice just because they're going through stuff. Like I can sympathize with Nesta and say, I couldn't imagine going through what they went through, their lifestyle change and all that doesn't always excuse you for being a little bit of a bitch. Right. And I know that you can't compare traumas and like, just because somebody went through something worse doesn't like negate your own experience. But I feel like out of everybody in the book, like she went through the least and she had like the worst reaction to it. Well, she did go through with the one that she was supposed to marry. Yeah, like that was a traumatic event. Okay, true. Again, but like, it, I mean, and like, and it's yeah, it's and they're like, all going through different stuff. I just, it definitely broke my heart because obviously we do get to know Farah the most because we're in her head for so many books. So, I mean, I that could also be a big reason why I do prefer her the most. But it's just. Seeing her like going out there and doing all that, like I know me, I would not be out there chopping what Katie would. I know you, Katie, but like I think it, I think no, I think you say that now, but I think until we're all in a situation where it's like you either die or you live, like yeah. I think anyone might change. Maybe not everything about themselves, but I think you'd find maybe something within you to like keep the like keep it going which is just saying like it's only favor doing it and like no one else and they're all just like reaping the benefits so like t like and, you were like, saying like, like reaping why the benefits and like being like thankful for it like reaping the benefits and like being horrific to her yeah like and i have to say i did go through all of the but like i didn't do a reread of silver flames but i went through quite a bit of it she does not want to say it. She is sorry for the way she treated never. her. She never, she never apologized in any of the books. Um, and like, not like, I know that we were like, oh, we're going to go book by book. But even in like Aqua War, it isn't until those like last like 200 pages that she like starts to like take a turn for the better um, right at the High Lords meeting, I think is like when we see like a little bit of a change in her. Um, and then Silver Flames, I feel like she's like right back to square one where she was like, you know, treat how she like horribly she was treating everybody. And then we don't really even get an apology. Like at the end, yeah, she makes up for it, but like we still don't get like that apology from her. And 
she needed, in my opinion, she needed to, I feel like, take more ownership in her actions. And she was never really held accountable. And the only time she was was when Reese locked her in the House of Wind and was like, you're going to stop spending my money and you're going to start getting your shit together. And then people, like, villainize him for it. Which really, that is a great punishment. Like, lock me up. Lock, literally, it, it would be like if, like, one of, like, your gro- like your good friends that was, like, living on your tab, spending all your money, like, drinking, like, you know, you obviously see, like, somebody, like, going down the wrong path and you, like, are like, okay, I'm sending you to rehab. You need to get your shit together. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. No, especially since no, like, it's, what, like, like it's the equivalent of, like, a Beverly Hills resort that gives you smut. Right, I'm saying it's like the best rehab you can go to, and you get to hang out with Azriel and Cassian, literally, and like a library that's literally never ending. Yeah, and like you don't like the only thing you have to do is train with the Olympians of the town. Yeah, like the like the two hottest men, other than Reese. Yeah, like literally, like I will do a plank for a minute for Cassian. So I would plank on Cassian for <laughs> twenty minutes. I'd put his plank in. <laughs> Sorry. But no, we should probably, we'll pause from the Nesta, I guess, yeah, we'll for it. five minutes. Okay. So we don't, you guys aren't going to get any listeners on this podcast. Otherwise I know. Oh, I mean, like, to each their own opinion. Like, I know there's, like, a lot of Nesta stands out there. That's, this is just, like, our opinions on it. So. I understand why people like her. can understand for seven seconds. Yeah. I understand why people go hard for her. I, she's, like, yeah. she's not for me. Like, I do not relate to her in any way, what like, whatsoever. So, like, as a character... I don't know why I'm like this, but like I always try to relate to the characters and like all of her decisions I could not like in my own brain understand. So like I get why people like her, obviously. Um, well, and then and even like, she... I want to call her like a badass in her own right because like she will fight for what she loves, which again is sad because it's only like Elaine, it's never Feyre. But yeah. It's like, and like she clearly stands up for herself regardless if she's right or wrong. Like I think even in, again, I could be off my marks. I haven't read Silver Flames in a while. Um, but, like, she'll be wrong and, like, still, like, hold her own ground. Like, it was her thought. So it's, like, okay, like, good for you. Like, a lot of yeah. people can't do that for themselves. Like, you can, which is awesome. So, like, like you're saying, like, I can see why people like her, but. What also, like, that's... really just, like, kills me, though, is, like, I know we all joke about how, like, oh, I would love to be kidnapped by a magical being. But she literally heard she was getting kidnapped and nobody in her family was, like, oh, please, like, we'll do anything. They just kind of were, like. Yeah, you're the one that shot him to feed us. Like, it's just, and like, I understand that you can be going through different trauma and like, obviously Elaine was too, the dad was too, but it was just kind of like, oh, well. I think it is good, like, like kind of like reflecting back, like it is nice to see every single one of them. They all experience the same thing, but they're all going through trauma differently because it's true. Like everyone processes things extremely different and it's all okay. And don't get me wrong. Like Elaine is just as shitty of a sister as Nessa because Elaine did absolutely nothing. And like Elaine did less than Nessa probably as far as like wanting to like help the family. Like she likes to garden. Why don't you plant vegetables, Elaine? Like why do you only plant flowers, you fucking weirdo? Yeah. Okay, but I cannot wait to be in her head. I think she is going Same. to be. I'm actually really excited. Like, I was I'm not excited, excited for it. I'm very excited to read about Elaine. And honestly, I don't care if she's like, so I know the whole like shipping with Azrael and all of them. To be honest, I don't even care about the romance thing about with oh. Elaine. I think that she is going to be like some like mix between like an Aelin Manon like crazy psycho brain thing yeah. going on. Like I think that like I. I would like the crazy, like the villain Elaine theories. Like I would love that. Oh, same. I want her to like be the cauldron and just like 
like swipe off the land kind of thing. And I just think, you know, it would just be epic. I think she's going to be interesting because usually the quiet ones are the craziest. Yeah. Winston. (laughs) Um, No, but then, okay, so then, you know, Tamlin comes in his beast form, like, unnecessary, but fine. Um, They drag her back to Prithian. That's such like a Tamlin move. Like, you could just picture him as like a like frolicking in. Like, yeah. <laughs> like why couldn't he just sauntered in like in Fey form? It's still scary and intimidating. Yeah, like you have a mask glued to your face. Like people aren't gonna not take you seriously. Right. No. But so he comes in. He takes her back to Prithia, and she's like terrified of him and Lucian. Um, and like the first time reading it through, like I knew Tamlin was like the love interest, so I was like on board with Tamlin. But, like, the second, like, every other read-through t- since then, she has so much more chemistry with Lucian. Yeah. So much she more. She has chem- more chemistry with Asuriel. What's yeah. Surreal? Like, there really isn't any chemistry with Tamlin. Like, it took, he- like, a reread, to, I feel like, to pick up on all that for me. Yeah. I and it's, I also think, like, it's, and this is where, you know, SJM and her marketing team and her publication team, I give them so much credit because, if you just said this was a fantasy romance, like I would not, I probably would have gone in with a more open mind. They literally sell it as a Beauty and the Beast retelling. So what happens in Beauty and the Beast? She falls in love with the Beast. Like, why would we think it wouldn't be what it is? Right. And like, and I'm pretty like, dumb as a reader. Like, I will believe whatever they're telling oh, me, to be honest. If, yeah. If you tell me, like, I try like now, ever since I read this series and then like after Game of Thrones too, I'm always like, I don't trust anybody. I'm going to yeah. figure out these crazy theories. Nothing. I wasn't so naive to this. Now I'm like a, a different reader. <laughs> the other No, time. I was looking through. So my sister-in-law, she read it prior to me. And obviously I was texting her as it was happening. And thank God, like I had downloaded TikTok, but I wasn't really, you know, the way that we are now, like where it's half of our life because posting on it and stuff. So I was like looking through, I have text messages. Like I literally searched Tamlin in my messages to see what I had said. It is humiliating. Like what I had sent to her, like, oh, like even with the mask on 10 out of 10, like, oh. I was picturing him as like Chris Hemsworth, like Thor. Like I was like, yeah, Tamlin's so sexy. Even like when he's like playing the fiddle at friggin' like, bro. You want to know what's the last I think I was texting you, T, because I obviously read it after, you know, I was like, oh, my God. Especially, like, we're skipping ahead, but, like, under the mouth, I'm like, oh, my God, all she had to say was, I love you. Like, why couldn't you just suck it the fuck up and say, I love you? Like, I remember, like, texting me, like, this is ridiculous. What is she doing? Yeah. I mean, the I, one like, little fairy, like, the one that had his wings clipped off, like, when he was, like, literally doing the bare minimal to care for this dying fae. Like, I'm not trying to undermine, fate, like, being a nice person, but... I mean, literally, this guy was dying. He didn't have to do anything. I'm like, Mother Teresa Tamlin. Like, what a good person. Like, he would, like, he would do, yeah, like, the bare minimum of anything. Like, oh, like, he made the table shorter so they could sit closer together. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but I was, I took this note. So when they, when, like, her and Lucian are in the woods and they, like, see, like, the bogey or whatever, um, Basically, like, you know, they're like, you know, it's trying to get her to, like, look at him. And she's like, that's, like, the one thing you can't do. But she basically, like, starts to, like, um, like, she's, like, staring at the trees. And she's just trying to, like, think of, like, anything, like, else, like, besides, like, listening to the voice, trying to get the boat, like, for the bogey getting to, like, you know, her to look at him. And she 
um, like fills her mind with the starry, unclouded night sky, peaceful and glittering and endless. And I'm like, that's like the first like time I feel like that like we should have picked up on like the Reese connection. There's like a lot of Reese connections when she throws in there. Also, uh, her paintings too. Like it's on chapter, it's chapter 20, really the first page of chapter 20, like 182. I think we're getting clues for things. Like I wouldn't know. And I, again, you guys can tell me if I'm just not picking up on things. Um, but she obviously starts painting again there. And she says, like, when I sat down to paint, what emerged on my canvas was a tall, skeletally thin gray creature with bat ears and a giant membranous wing. It's now was oh, open in a roar, revealing row after row of fangs as it leaped into flight. As I painted it, I could have sworn that I smelled breath that reeked of carrion and the air beneath its wings whispered promises of death. And I'm like. And in Ackle War, in the final battle, Reese, like, finally shows his, like, shape-shifting form. And, like, that's it. I actually didn't even pick, because that's one that, like, if I do kind of, like, I was doing half audio, half it, and it's, I love audio with all of my heart, but I do not pick up on things as much as if I'm actually reading it, because, you know, like, half of the 30 seconds, you're, like, mopping or something, so, like, you don't always pick up, but, no, there's so many, and then especially, I mean, to jump ahead a little bit, but obviously, like, the best chapters of um, A Court of Mist and Fury, when Rhysand is going through all of these also, I am trying so hard to say his name the way that I know I should, because you know that I don't usually say it right. I so. know. <laughs> it's like I'm stuttering a little bit. But when he goes through all of the things that he was seeing and dreaming about, it's just like that was my biggest takeaway from the read through. It's like knowing that he's kind of picturing all of this yeah. about her as it's happening. That's like in so in Akatar when he goes to you know Tamlin and they glamour her and like, He's like, and like when he realizes that she's there and like who she is and like everything, and he's like, How dare you glamour my mate from me? Like, but like the first read through, you're like, This, like, like that whole scene, like with Reese, in my first read through, I was like, This motherfucker. I definitely liked him from the beginning, but just because I'm very easy to please, apparently, like a man could just like look at me in a book. <laughs> Or, like, not in a book, but, you know, or in real life, I guess. But I'm like, oh, he loves me. Uh, but so, like, even, like, those little things. But then the one thing that I found is the biggest difference between Tamlin and Rethand is that just, like, Rethand, if Farrah does something wrong, like, or she doesn't understand something, he never once makes her feel stupid. Like, when Tamlin and Lucen found out that she thought, you know, she still believes that Faye cannot lie or, you know, the different things that would not like allow them to be glamored they said it like I think it was like literally like they started chuckling and I'm just like the inner circle would never they would like maybe Amron would because you know that's her Amron like and Sarah she's like you stupid girl like yeah like she'd be like I'm so much more intelligent because I'm 5,000 beings in one kind of thing that'd be like her but he net like they never would undermine her for anything like even when Tamlin like found her little list of like her trying to write things and spell words and all that. I just felt like it was so condescending. Oh, God. I also felt like Lucia was such a different person in like the following books. Also, like I didn't. I mean, I like he he definitely has more chemistry in Pharaoh with with in Akatar than anything else. But like, I felt like he kind of had like that like badass broody like macho like take no shit type of thing. But like, he's a follower. He's such a follower. Like he can't even like stand up to Tamlin for anything, knows Feyre is struggling, like, never has her back, like, 
it's like kind of sad. Like I feel like he just like downgrades for me as like the books continue on. Yeah. I think that he had so much like off of Kira. I think he was so much more like pompous too, like in the beginning. Like he was so sure of himself. And then I think once everything started sort of unraveling and and like he learned so much just I don't know, especially like obviously the Elaine reveal with him and everything. But it just kind of felt like he lost who he thought he was. Because I think so much of his personality was defined as first it was his family and then getting kind of disowned by his family. And then it was the spring court. And then it's just kind of like, who the heck am I? I think he has a lot of potential, though. Like, I I like him. I just think that he needs to figure out who he is. He's a little lost. I mean, I like him, too. He's a little lost. But, like, I just, like, he just changed. To me, like, he just changed so much from, like, what, but you're right. Like he like kind but of ado- adopted like this like personality through- based on the spring court. Yeah, so I feel like he went through trauma as well, like under the mountain with yeah. everything. Every time Amarantha wanted something from Feyre, like she tortured Lucian to get it. Yeah. Um, well, you know a lot about too, how like, he, he did care wanted. about her. Yeah, and I feel like he didn't know how to navigate Tamlin after under the mountain because he would try and Tamlin was obviously not receptive to it, and Tamlin is constantly putting him down in. Um, yeah. Well, and when he was he was like a savior to Lucian, so like I could see why like he stuck around for so long too, because like he finally got out of like a family situation where he was never wanted or cared about, like, and would have been killed. Him. Yeah. So like yeah. So like now you go to this guy, but like yeah, like you're, you said it right, Mary. Like he's like lost now. Yeah. It's just also it shows so much about Tamlin's personality throughout like all of these different things because it's just I understand that people could you know I know there's a lot of talk of redemption and things like that, but. Even like taking away the under the mountain, like even just when he's there, there's so many opportunities he had to do the right thing. And so much of it, like there's no way he wasn't being manipulative the whole time. Like, I don't think, I know people say, oh, he really did care. I don't think he ever did. I think that he thought he cared, but it was just all manipulation. I mean, he could have set her free and said, we will find another way or told her about it and given, given her the option. Instead yeah. of the whole fake option where, like, you're gaslighting her, essentially, to go home and then come back. Right. I don't know. I think, like, he cared for her in, like, his own way. Um, but I think that he so emotionally stunted. Like, I mean, he, okay, maybe he didn't, like, do the killing blow, but he's still responsible for Reese's mom and sister dying. Like, I don't think that we need a Tamlin redemption. Like, people want to see him redeemed. I don't think we need to see that. Like, I don't need a Tamlin book. I didn't need a Kale book. I don't need a Tamlin book. Um, I think that, like, we just don't need, like, we can hear about Tamlin, that he's getting the spring court back together. I don't need to hear anything from his point of view. No, I kind of agree with that, too. I'm good. Like, I want to learn more about, like, Elaine and, like, see more for, like, Lucian even. Like, let's see, like, how he kind of, like, figures himself out so to speak I want more Cassian like the Azrael thing like I, I want to see what other things have in store I don't care about Tamlin anymore either I mean like I mean, at t- least you can say Kale had a purpose like he really did and he I know like Power of Dawn yes, he had like, a purpose it, yeah I I mean I know I still have to Kingdom of Ash but um Tower of Dawn I actually didn't mind it like I think that it's just because Empire of Storms ends in a certain way so you just don't want to read Tower of Dawn after if yeah. you don't do the you know tandem but Tam, Tamlin doesn't have a purpose. Like, he really, there's nothing to me except for helping the inner circle that he benefits the story. No, I mean, like, even, like, at the end, okay, he he allowed Reese, like, he gave his kernel of life to Reese so Reese can come back at the end of Akalor. Wonderful, great. 
And then still, like, at the end, like, Lucian, like, goes to approach him to be, like, after the ward, you know, hope, I don't know, maybe, like, just, like, say hi or, like, try to rekindle their friendship or whatever. And Tamlin literally, like, looks at him with, like, disdain and walks away. Yeah. And let's just not forget, the time Tamlin didn't want to bring favorite, or he wasn't the one trying to gather all the different courts to bring her back to life. It, like, yeah, he didn't it, even want to give up his power to her. Yeah. I also think, and I have this written down for Akamath when, um, whatever, like when, when we get there, but, um, I think it's funny that Tamlin's kernel of power that he gives to Feyre is the shape-shifting and she uses it to shape-shift into an, Illy- an Illyrian warrior. Yeah. I think it's great. It's like a good old <laughs> slap in the face. <laughs> I know. Can I say like, this is why I am so anxious. Like I lose nights about a TV show because moments like that are so epic in my head that if it is literally not the way that I picture it. I will be bummed. Oh, yeah. No, like that scene, like, like when they're oh, like, chills. so good. I know I have the chills. I love it. We're like, we're going to speed through Akatar, like talking about it. It's like 40 minutes in. But um, I think it is important, though, like the whole like Akatar story, because it yeah. does, Sarah wouldn't be who she was if she didn't have to go through that. Like, because she's obviously not trusting for a reason. Yeah. Wait, so speaking of Feyre, um, in Akatar, obviously Amarantha learns of her name. I, I, I don't have any theories, but, like, I keep picking up on things. So, like, at one point in Akatar, Feyre felt the urge to purr. Like, I think that's bizarre, but okay. And then Amarantha learns of her name, and it's an old name from one of our forgotten dialects. Yeah. And then in Akamath, um, there's a whole section in Chapter 21. It's, like, a really quick, the whole section, I'm sorry. There's, like, a quick sentence in Chapter 21 where Feyre calls herself a wolf. And she says she bites when cornered. And it's when she's in the Weaver's house. So I find that, like, very bizarre that, like, her names of an old dialect, like, mm-hmm. the sense of purring, which she was still human at this point. And then it's, like, now she's calling herself a wolf and will bite. Like, wo- like we obviously know nothing of her mother. It's just, like, I'm very curious to see where this goes in the next books. Yeah. I think any of the books. Yeah. I think that the next book, like... I think that the next few books will have more POV chapters. I feel like we're going to get another recent favorite POV. Like, either or they'll have POV chapters in the coming series, like, in the coming books. Um, I don't think we've had, like, the last of them. And I feel like there's too many characters that, like, we still need to hear from. Like, I know, like, the next book is, like, Elaine's book or whatever. But, like... We're going to have to have, like, Elaine POV chapters, obviously, like, Lucian POV chapters, Azrael POV chapters. I feel like the like the more into the series you get, like, the more we're going to have to hear from other characters. Other characters. Like, I that, that is the only thing that I truly loved about Frost and Starlight, is getting to hear all of them. Well, and, like, yeah, was, agreed. Because I do agree. I mean, I think Elaine, like we said, like, I think that is going to be an epic story of hers. But I think that it's going to need other, like... Kind of like Nesta, I mean, Court of Silver Flames, it takes a while. Even people that love Nesta say that the first, like, 150 pages, it's a lot of the same thing. And I think Elaine's will be the same, too, because it's a lot of character building. Yeah. So I think that if it's only hers, and, like, Azrael's, who says, like, four words, it will be, like, a very long. I was going to say, we, like, we know the least about Elaine and Azrael. Like, we don't know anything about them. Azrael, like the only time that I'm like, oh my god, Azrael was at the High Lord meeting in Akawar. 
Um, I mean, like, he seems like a nice guy, but he's, like, super vanilla in, like, every other book. Uh, like, any time that he, like, even has a conversation with Favor when he's, like, training her how to fly, there's, like, no... Substance for, there's, like, nothing yeah, yeah. there. Like, when her and Cassian are training, like, she has, like, such a great friendship with, with Cassian, and I just feel like with Azriel, like, he loves her, like, that's his high lady, like, he would die for her. But we don't know, like, he has no personality. <laughs> No, I feel like a lot yeah, of like, people's personality to get is how characters react to him or, like, things they say about him. Like, you know, Moore will say a lot of things and Cassian. And I, and also, I don't know if it's just me, but it's very hard because of the way that Book Talk has personified him to kind of decipher in my head what is real or what's on, like, Caven's Book Talk. You know what I mean? But I don't like, think it's – I don't even think they talk a lot about him. A lot, I feel like a lot of the times they kind of, like, deflect. They're like, oh, you have to ask Asriel about that or, like, Oh, it's just as real. Like I feel like they kind of like deflect off of him. Like, like are they reading a book that I haven't? What? It's like it's like have they read a book that I haven't? Because like yeah, I uh, yeah like but again like I mean I can maybe see the lore because like he's mysterious like but he yeah. is someone who would like die for his high lady like he's obviously loyal like he seems like he's got great traits but I can't wait to see like how they develop more. I also yeah. like that they do deflect because we're not getting what they think of Azrael. Like, I want to know about Azrael, like, from Azrael's own mind and yeah. what's processing through. And I also do appreciate the way SJM writes her characters because I feel like they're very different. Like, I can't say when you read a series and, like, a lot of them are so similar that they almost kind of, like, met, like mold into, like, a, one big person for me. Whereas, like, I feel like they're all very, very different in their own ways. Exactly. Like, even from, like, the different series, like... You know, like Dorian and Rowan, very different. You know, Hunt and Rundan, and like they're very different. And it's just yeah. Yeah. so it is nice that they don't have any like overlying qualities or anything. But no, I agree with Azrael. I think that he will end up being interesting. It's just I need to see it more because I actually am very intrigued in the whole like spy master aspect of like what yeah. he's doing, like how he has his like little shadows and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't really understand it to be honest, even though I've tried to. So I'm excited to there's a lot to learn about him that i'm excited about um Wait, can we go back to nesta for seven seconds i swear i'm done with her and it's, this is like nothing bad against her no it's just like something I, like I, I like thought this was interesting i was just like going through my notes um so Feyre always describes her sister as like this most the most beautiful thing you've ever seen like her her beauty is devastating she calls it and when they get pulled in the cauldron um king of highburn says put the pretty one in first and he's talking about elaine yeah and I thought that was, like, the, the weirdest, most interesting thing. I was like, huh. <laughs> like, I know. You literally keep hearing about Nesta's devastating beauty. And then apparently, like, but again, like, I think it's just, like, it's interesting to see what's going to come with Elaine. Because, like, if she's beautiful enough to capture that his attention, say, like, put her in first, then, like, what are we missing about her? Like, I'm curious to see what happens next. I don't think she's as stupid as she comes off. But she no. comes off really stupid. No, and some of the things, like, that she has said have always just been very like forlorning or whatever that word is. I probably said it wrong, but just like haunting and mysterious because she's allegedly supposed to be able to see the future. Right. Isn't that kind I of like what... all those types of people always end up being like this, like serious character, this big thing, like half the reason why like something gets so, like, she's going to like T say, like, I think she's going to, well, be have you watched umbrella Academy? No, I have. So, but you know, I cannot, I can't think of her name, but the one that Elliot page played, Mm -hmm. um how it was like the powerless one kind of boring and then it turns out like I guess spoiler alert but like she's he she it was she like changed the entire like world and everything and it's just 
I think that that's kind of going to be Elaine's story. It'll be interesting though. I mean, so I guess spoiler alert for Crescent City too, if you haven't read it, but like, is that, so that's supposed to be like way after the Silver Flames, right? We don't, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Yes, that anything? It could oh, be wow. like literally like a week later. Like it could be just like after Cassie and Inessa's wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, we haven't talked about Cal and Mai. When Reese no, and haven't. Me, um, I've been looking for you. Oh, <sighs> most beautiful man I've ever seen. And it's funny because in chapter like what, 54 or whatever, he like, he's like, he like heard her say it because like she didn't have any mental shields up yet. Um, which I think is funny. Uh, but then, then Tamlin goes and like bites her neck and it was like kind of hot at the time. But like now I'm like, it was like looking back when everything you know about Tamlin, like then at that point, I'm like, no, like it was not hot. Not because like it's Tamlin, but I think it's just like another like way for him to like, almost like try to like dominate her in a way and like not in a sexy way. And then like, when you really think about it too, like, I remember like right after that whole scene when she goes back to the spring court and Tamlin says like I had to do all this with all these other women but they weren't you like I was thinking about you or whatever and obviously Faye was still very naive at this time so she's like well it's kind of hot but then like thinking that Tamlin had to do this well then Rhysand's literally being assaulted daily under the mountain not by choice when Tamlin did have a choice to do all these he didn't have to do that no no, the whole, like, Reese and, like, the Under the Mountain thing, like, especially reading it through, like, after being in, like, love with him is so hard. And then when they go to the High Lords meeting in Akawar and, like, they're still calling him a whore and being, like, yeah. talking about, like, how his face was, like, oh, and his face is buried, like, in her, like, legs. Like, what was he, like, really doing to help us? Like, he was whoring himself out, basically being raped and, like, assaulted probably daily down her good side so he can like learn of everything like learn people who needed protection yeah that's why i think chapter 54 is so great because like he like spews all this to Feyre. yeah i mean everything from him it's the greatest chapter in literary history and And it's not often in books that i love you oh especially in fantasy books it's not often even more i would say where like they show men going through something like that like it's always the woman who has to kind of be the quote-unquote poor yeah and things like that and I actually like give SJM credit for having it be a man who had to do it and show that like and all the PTSD that he does face like all of the trauma and like his nightmares and all the things that he goes through showing that it's you know just because you can be powerful and go through it doesn't mean that you can also be in a weak position right and it was just, it broke my heart, like, I guess, sort of moving on to Akamath, but, like, all that he goes through, and especially in Akwar, you learn even more, but it's just, oh, my poor baby. Literally, my poor baby. No, Akamath, to me, is, I mean, for obvious reasons, everybody loves it for, like, obviously, like, the chapter 54 and 55 and, like, chapter 42, like, all of, like, the ones that are so near to your door are hearts, but the entire book, um, I, like, loved just, like, his, I loved, like, Feyre's journey throughout the book and, like, watching, like, their, like, like, their friend first, like, becoming friends and, like, their whole, like, relationship, like, progress and how he's just, like, always, he's always there. The only time that he, like, ever has an issue is after chapter 42 when, like, she compares him to Tamlin. He, like, gets really pissed. And then, like, a chapter later at Starfall and he's, like, I'm sorry, I just, like, needed some time. But he, like, is willing to take, like, hit after hit after hit, like, to help her. 
And um, also to know, like, like, like he, he was... knew in his head that they were supposed to be mates. And so, like, I yeah. couldn't imagine if someone told me, like, this person's supposed to be your forever and always, and they don't realize it yet, like, and they're kind of actively working against you. And I get why she did. I mean, I would be the same. It's like when you get cheated on or something, you always are going to be wondering if you're going to be hurt again. Right. So it's just, it was just, like, I think, too, like, I love those chapters, you know, the three that everyone talks about. But I think you're right, like, really, like, the first, like, two-thirds of the book is just one epic moment after the other, like, watching yeah. them go and try and discover everything. And, like, the we it's just, it's just so good. When she goes to the weaver, when they're, like, trying to see if she can track things, and it's obviously for her engagement ring, she describes it as, like, she, like, sent it like she describes like how she like scented it she was like it's not like like pine and like or like uh I had it written down but I, I don't feel like scrolling there she like describes the scent of the ring and that's how she like tracks it and it's the same like it's the same way that she describes Reese's scent earlier but like she doesn't make the connection um and there's so many like little things that I'm just like that was a sign that was a sign um but I think it's too just like him knowing like when she gets down like they he kind of like eggs her on. Like he like kind of like becomes like, he like pesters her and like gets her to like be angry at him almost. Cause he's like, at least even if she's mad at me, at least she's feeling something. Um, Cause a lot of like the first, you know, half of Akamath is like her feeling not only sorry for herself, but almost like wishing that she had died. Um, and I get why she was so hesitant, I guess, to give in to Reese at first, because imagine giving like, she basically gave her life for a man that she was like, this is like the love of my life. I'm giving my life to make sure that he's okay. And then you don't end up with him. Like, and not even just don't end up with him, but like he emotionally abused her. Well, yeah, that too. Like, like, so it's just, you, she probably just felt like, so like every, like what's up is down and down is up kind of thing. Like your whole yeah. world just turned over. And she doesn't have friends. She doesn't have her family. She has like nobody besides herself. Because, like, yeah, like, you know, Reese takes her to Valars and she meets the inner circle, but they're not, they're Reese's friends. They're not her friends yet. Um, so, she, like, everything is kind of like this probably internal battle, like, in her head. Um, and the one person. I think it's still nice to see, almost, though, because, like, like yeah. you said, like, it builds, obviously, for, like, everything else. But, like, it's also something that I'm sure many people go through, too. So, like, it's yeah. relatable. And it so, makes. Like, you can understand it. It makes them being together so much more epic. Yeah. You said it, like, when we were talking about, like, when we were all doing the reread, you guys obviously finished it first. Um, and I feel like I was talking to you about something, and, like, someone said it perfectly. Like, it just it really adds to, like, when they are together, how incredible it is. Like, the buildup is just everything in this book. It is. Like, every time they touch, like, in everything, and it's just, like, I think that this low of a burn, for me, only really works in fantasy, because there's usually a little bit more going on. Like, if if it's too long of a slow burn and just regular romance, I get a little bit bored because like how many times can you go to work and have coffee and things like that? But like with everything that they're doing and build it, it's just, oh. and like, he was so kind to her. Like he was just so good, like helping her learn to read and write and always trusting her opinion and giving, like always showing her the her, like, choice. Yeah. Like Tamlin didn't even want her to see the map of the courts and here, like Rhysand's literally saying, this is like my secret town. Yeah. Like she has to go like what, like day one or two of like being there when she gets like taken back and he's like, she okay, goes that day. She goes that she's like, cause she doesn't yeah. want him to leave her. He's just yeah. like, take like, me with you. Like he was just like, okay, cool. I'll take you. Like, 
He's probably like the got, fact that he like, like admits that he was like willing to like stand there and like watch her get married to another man. I'm like, oh. Yeah, he was like, gonna. He only talks to Lucian about that and like Akawar. Like I almost did, like because Lucian like start, again starts to feel sorry for himself and reasons like, dude, I get it. Like I almost watched Feyre marry Tamlin. Like, <laughs> like if anyone understands, it's me. Yeah. What Hello, Feyre, darling. Feyre, darling. Oh. There is this one part. So like. I think it was one of the first times where she and I like tabbed it like, and then I put like little tears next to it because I was like crying. But it was like he had first kind of like showed that he was having nightmares too and they were like talking and she gives him a kiss on the cheek. And then um, it says, Reese still knelt, wings drooping across the white sheets, head bowed, his tattoos dark against his golden skin, a dark fallen prince. The painting flashed in my mind, flashed and stayed there. And then it says, it remained shining faintly in that hole inside my chest, the hole that was slowly starting to heal over. I was just like, like, it just, they were so good at, like, kind of being each other's, like, just, it's like, support, and, like, yeah, rock. like, like, I know, like, and it's, it's trauma bonding in a healthy way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because they weren't, like, they were, like, obviously, like, bonded through what happened under the mountain, but they were, like, building each other up. They weren't, like, keeping yeah. themselves down. They codependent or anything, and it was just, their relationship, and, like, it was not to be corny, but it was built out of respect. Like she trusted him, that she had learned to trust him, but he also gave her. Yeah. Trust. Even That's though he could have not trusted her because she could have gone back to the spring court and said everything that happened. Yeah. That's like how we find out that. So like in Akatar, when she's basically like on like her, like last, like met, like mentally, she's like done. And she thinks like that she just like needs to give up. And then, she starts hearing music and she's like, it's like this beautiful music. And it just like gave me hope. And then you find out that like, she hears it in Valaris and like, she like looks at Reese and he like, she's like, why did you like, you sent that into like my set, like you sent that to me. And he says you were breaking and I couldn't find another way to save you. And like knowing that he was like in love with her from like the first time he ever saw her and not being able to like really protect her, but doing anything he could to protect her, including just sending like music and how that must have like killed him. <laughs> and I know people that aren't big fans of him will pull up the whole fact that he did do some less than savory, like amazing things. Nobody's like denying that. Like when he did things that were not right, but he did not do them out of malicious intent. Like I think that right. is a big thing. And I don't think that like, I mean, I think he even says at one point, I mean, it's not like he did it because he wanted to embarrass her. He wanted to drug her. He wanted to do all these things. But the alternative was her being killed. Yeah. That or, like, going into her cell, like, remembering everything. And he didn't want that for her. And, like, he's, like, yeah, he's, like, sending her music. Like, I mean, of course, like, through the bond or whatever. Like, she didn't have that with Tamlin. But Tamlin did nothing. And my first read through of Akatar, when like he finally gets like that like opportunity and they like go into the closet to kiss, I was like, oh, that's hot. But I was like, shouldn't they be like running? Um, and then he just like, wanted I, to get some. Like that's literally what it was. Yeah. It like, he did not care about escaping with her. He only cared about like getting his dick wet a little bit. I don't know. It's like that actually. It was like, like me. Yeah, I guess I can understand why he'd remain quiet because, like, he wanted to protect her. Like, yeah, I don't I mind. Guess, okay. But, like, yeah, like, everything else, like, I don't know. Like, he never made one attempt to ever try to, like, help in any way. And you're right. Like, the one time he gets to see her, like, okay, sure, you want to kiss, kiss. But then, like, d- then do something else. Like, didn't you think that, like, if he, you guys got caught kissing or, like, your sense, like, intermingled, like, that would lead to something else for her? Like, yeah. no, nothing. Exactly. Like, it just, it felt... 
very like he like he did he just wanted to get with her like he was and it's just I think that there I mean I get he had to break the curse and there was more than just him cursed it's not I get he was trying to protect his land and people and all that but um I don't know I feel like you shouldn't have been willing to sacrifice her in that way because he literally was setting her up for death like she knew she couldn't like she wasn't familiar with the Fae land. She had no powers. The girl couldn't read. Like, I mean, all of these things working against her and it just felt like he just kind of sat in that chair and did nothing. Yeah. I love when they go, sorry, I love when they go to the summer court and like, she's like flirting with Tarquin yeah. and like, he's flirting with, uh, what's her name? Cressida. Did I make that yeah, up? I like that. Um, yeah, and like, how jealous like they both are. And like, she like, ignores him and like refuses and then she smiles at Tarquin and it like breaks like Reese's heart because he's like he's like you've never smiled at me like she's like yeah. jealous like oh like she thinks that like he's like flirting and like maybe like hooking up with this other girl and he's like I'm jealous because you're looking at another male and you're smiling and you've never smiled at me and it just makes me I know like when she says I, like if she didn't realize she'd been waiting for him for like an hour and then there were nowhere to be seen and all of that and it was just yeah. Like, I mean, I knew that he wasn't going to do anything, but it was just, you know. Like, I think this even when like, he admits to being jealous, like, that Feyre said it'd be easy to love Tarquin. Like, yeah. I think, like, that, like, stung. Poor Angel. How dare she? You know what? Tarquin does go through a lot in these books, like, his court and everything. Yeah. Like, let's be real. Like, he, get, he gets a lot of, you know, he has hurricane season in the summer court, essentially. I low-key love Tarquin. Um, Me too. But like, I, feel like he, I just picture him as this like flamboyant, like fun king. Yeah, like I want to hang out with him. Um, yeah, and like who's like trying to be like do well, like wants to be friends with Re- like he seems like he's gonna be something good. He's just a like, young. I marked it down because I was like he keeps like they say like a bunch of times that he's like young, he's inexperienced, and I think that he's like eighty years old. Eighty years old. Yeah. Okay. I'll say I know I have a tab somewhere because I was like thought it was funny, but he's basically Rune's age. Yeah, yeah. Rune's like 75. Interesting. <laughs> it is, right? Maybe, you know, you know what? That's Maybe the, there's something coming with that. <laughs> you know what? That's the one thing that reading those, that last chapter of House of Sky and Breath, okay, wait. nothing to me does not stress me out anymore about Let's these see, spoiler, books. We won't say it, but read Crescent City. I don't want to spoil anybody who hasn't read them yet. Um, what else was I going to say? Sorry. I just like, I like love, like, okay, the notes. The notes that they send back and forth and how like they start mind talking like a little bit and like this, but it's more an aquar, but they start mind talking. And um, after they get the blood rubies at the summer court, like Reese is like really upset because he's like this, like one, one person, like one high Lord, like wanted to be my friend, like kind of like, kind of like saw like the real Reese, like not the mask that he always wears. And he just completely betrayed him. Um, and he's upset and Feyre goes up there to like kind of taunt him. She's like, I'm going to get him out of this mood. And like to herself, she's like, come on, just like play with me. And she keeps taunting him and talks like, he's talking about going to like the lingerie store with him or whatever. And then like Azriel and like Cassie and like land on the roof and she's like, right by. And he sends her like the image of like them at like the store and like him, like sending like the ladies home. And like, she hears him like laughing, like through the bond, like after she's like causing like a prick or whatever. And like, that's what I love about them. I know I love the I bonds. I think they're like, great. 
it's oh, it's just so good. Like, but and it's just it book. adds a different because like we we all are fans of text messaging in books. So it, this is literally like the fantasy version of text messaging, and because yeah. I just love like the. I don't know, like you kind of interpret the vibe of what's going on between that. I don't know. Just, because I love it's, it. it's all through, like it's the same thing with like a text, right? You're, yeah, like you're, there's no body language or things like that that are um, like telling you how you should like feel about a certain like conversation. Like you kind of do have to interpret it yourself. Like she'll say, she's like, oh, I heard, like I get, like I can basically like hear him smirking, um, which you obviously can't hear somebody smirk. It's just like his tone of voice, but. I don't know. I just, it, it just, everything about like them coming together just makes my heart flutter. What I also loved about this book a lot is, I mean, I haven't read necessarily high fantasy in a while because I've been on such a romance kick. It's a little bit of a different like mindset, but I used to read like very much so. And I know you did too, Teresa, like a lot of high fantasy. And this book has, I, I'm like a sucker for quests. Like yeah. Throne of Glass has it, but I feel like Throne of Glass to me, it's a little bit more drawn out. Like it's one quest between like three books. I liked this book because it was, they had things they needed to kind of check boxes of and just like with the Weaver and all those different things. I just, I love having like those little mini adventures within the yes. big book. Yes. Like when you're like your heart's racing. And even though you kind of know that she's going to be okay when she's in there getting the ring and all those different scenarios, even like when they're at the summer court, it's just so... I don't know, it's fun to read, I guess. Like, let's talk about the Weaver's house. It's made of, like, body fat and human hair. <laughs> oh, you mean the house that we owned in my dream? Yeah, yeah. Katie had a very specific dream last night that she had to call me and tell me about. And basically, we lived in the Weaver's house. So you don't want to come here because I will kill you and skin you and use your fat to build a chimney. Um, and then she'll take your wedding ring and she'll officially be married to Tom. <laughs> yeah, officially. Um, chapter 42, The Night Court. <laughs> Probably the hottest chapter. I my favorite fan art is from that chapter. Oh, sorry, I just cracked my nails. Yeah. Like, The Night Court scene... I remember, so I read it, I told Katie, she downloaded the audio, and I remember her texting me and being like, uh, she was like working with Tom on like a project, and she was like screaming at him to like basically shut the fuck up. (laughs) Screaming. Literally screaming. Like he was trying to like ask about like measurements or something, and I was like, I remember like vividly being like, you just shut the fuck up, because like, I need this, whatever is about to happen. Like, I remember, like, screaming at the book, too. Like, move your fucking hand higher. <laughs> well, do you know what? Speaking of measurements, this is the chapter, and I have it highlighted. Amber and Moore told me that the span of the male wings says a lot about the size of other parts. <laughs> so that's, like, I feel like the first time that wingspan became, like, the running joke. Yeah. That it, like, is. Yeah, because so this chapter is so good. I'll say on the way to the night course, when she's, like, touching his wings, and he's, like, Ooh. like... Larian males can be known to come to completion from a you know a woman touching his wings in the right spot and I'm like that is interesting Reese I okay I love the wings in theory but like I would I would be like put them away you know what I mean like take them out sometimes but mostly put them away I agree it's just like I don't know if I want to like I mean I also don't like a body touching me when I'm sleeping in general so if there's like a wing situation and then like they're getting hard while you're rolling it's just like not yeah no agreed I just I, I need I need like I need to know more how like the wings work like when you're like laying flat on your back um 
Cassian, give me a call. Let me know. <laughs> um, I know. Do we just like jump into chapter fifty-four? Like, I've just been trying to get there. But but there's more. No, that's I've, like the one thing is like obviously those chapters are amazing, and it's I really am not trying to like take away. It's just everything too. Like they wouldn't have been as impactful if she didn't do such a good job in even like the five or six chapters before, like, you know, especially starting with like, you know, the night court and all of that. It's just, it just shows like how much their relationship has changed and how much Feyre has changed too, because you start seeing her confidence and she's, she's deserving of that high lady title. Like she, before she becomes high lady, she is a high lady. And just seeing the way the inner circle like respects her and she's become part of them. They take her opinion seriously. It just, I don't, like I'm just such a big Feyre fan, so I'm like Feyre, so me, proud of her. Like I, I love her so much. Um, even at like start like okay, so after like the whole mating bond takes place and like they show up to the townhouse and everybody's there, immediately they all bend a knee to her. They immediately all bend a knee and like basically like are like we will give our life for you. And like that's just when she's his mate. But like, I also like when they do that with um I don't I don't know if it was Cassian or. I think it was Cassian when like she does become high lady and they do find out they're like mad at her, but it's because well they're mad at Rhysand at the end because they're because they literally say I think it's Cassian who says I can't believe you let our high lady go back to the spring yeah, court. That's what and like that's what I was trying to say. It's like yeah. an immediate like yes they love Rhysand, but to them like she like, is now just respect for her too like yeah. and it wasn't because like i can't believe you let her go back to the high court like she could because like because he wants to protect his high lady so and like, I, like, I think i love that they just do that naturally yeah and it's and the thing is too like they would protect her whether they liked her or not and like they would have protected her just for being reese's mate but i think they like love and respect her so much and hold her in such high regard that like it means more to them than just yeah. being like highly like yeah, but like also whatever. But yeah, he's he like Cassian yells her at family. her. He gets really mad at her, and he's like, between like you know, he's like, ah, don't do that. Sorry, wasn't scratching my couch. Um, but yeah, he gets like mad at her. But yeah, I love like the end when they like yell at Reese. Um, I also and love I was so it. shocked, like because that truly, I mean, we obviously knew that they were mates, but I I know a lot of people don't like this. They like knowing what's happening. I love a scene that didn't happen that you find out about yeah. and because I'm like I mean I just love being shocked and usually I am it doesn't take much because I'm not too smart with books but I remember being like what the heck like that's so cool it's like, so amazing I just but yeah 40 let's do 54 and 55 well I was gonna say too like because we just started talking about Cassie and I didn't bring it up Cat when Cassie and I, this isn't a Nesta thing but when Cassie yells at Nesta when they're at the house and he basically is like you like let your little sister go into the woods and like she like took care of you and she protected you and like she's stop fucking disrespecting her like that is why i fell in love with cassian um just so good but yeah we can go we can go 54 (laughs) um the best chapter like i said in literary history don't come at me it really is no because i think it's because like reese really i love when a guy can like still be broody macho badass like everything that we love but also still be so in tuned with like communication and like letting someone know his exact feelings and thoughts and like why he did certain things I think it just like clears a lot of things up of why he did certain things what he was feeling like I love that 
Yeah. And I never so- once felt like, you know how sometimes like when people, I don't know, in a lot of romance novels, the explanation seems more like an excuse. Like, well, mm-hmm. this is why I did that. Nothing that he did, I felt like was the cop out. The things that he did do that he didn't have an exact reason for, he even said like, I had to do because the situation required me. Like he wasn't trying to make excuses. No. And like, we never, I mean, at the end of Akamath, uh, we get like a small Reese POV chapter, but we don't get Reese POV chapters. All these books are told in Farrah's like, point of view, but chapter 54, even though it's Farrah's point of view, we're like finally kind of getting Reese's point of view on everything. Like chapter 54 reads like a Reese POV chapter to me because we're like, we're yeah. hearing everything from his side. Um, and I also feel like that's a big reason why SJM made the bond a thing because we get his POV without actually getting his POV because she's feeling what he's saying as he's saying it. So you can kind of tell that he's not lying. He's not like, you can feel his expressions a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, wait. So, um, how he gets, so he gets the image, like he's like laying there, he gets an image of a hand painting flowers and painting flames. And at the time, I pushed a thought back of the night sky of the image that brought me joy when I needed it most. Open night sky, stars and the moon. I didn't know if it was received, but I tried anyway. And then, like, she tells it, like, it, it just, the connection. I just can't. And, like, at the time, like, I mean, he's, like, a 500-year-old man. Like, she was, like, a 14-year-old girl painting, like, this, like, dresser. So, like, I'm happy that it was just, like, oh, I pushed an image of, like, the night sky, not, like, pushed an image of my dick through the bond. Um I love when he re- wakes up next to Amarantha and he realizes that she was in Prithian. Yeah. But yeah, I give her so much credit during this, Sarah, for just sitting and listening. I'd be jumping his bones like, well, first of all, like yeah. years ago, I would have been, you know, I would have been. Well, yeah. <laughs> After Starfall, I would have been like, you want to go home? Um, but he's like, I saw you through your dreams and I hoarded the images, sorting through them over and over again, trying to place where you, where you were, who you were with. But you had such horrible nightmares and the creatures belong to all courts. And like, but like he's hoarding these like images of her from like the first time he like has any like kind of like image or dream. And like, that's how he got through under the mountain. Like even without knowing her, like knowing each other, she's like, she saved him. Oh. Yeah. I love what he says. Um, like after like you looked at me and this is that Calamine, like you were so young and breakable and had no interest in me whatsoever. And I knew that if I stayed too long, someone would see and report back and she'd find you. So I started walking away thinking you'd be glad to get rid of me. But then you called after me. Like you couldn't let go of me just yet, whether you knew it or not. And I knew, I knew we were on dangerous ground somehow. And that I could never speak to you or see you or think of you again. I know. And then he says too, like, so I let you walk away. I told myself you were gone. Maybe maybe (laughs) the children had to be kind and not cruel for letting me see you just once. A gift for what I was enduring. I know. I literally have the chills every time I read this chapter. Um, it's the best chapter. It really is. Like, oh, and then okay, so yeah, like he like he knows that she's lying when she says Claire, but he's like, I'm taking this, I'm running with yeah. it, my only way to protect her. But then when he first hears her name under the map, he says, "Hearing you say it, it was like an answer to a question I'd been asking for 500 years." And I decided then and there that I was going to fight, and I would fight dirty and kill and torture and manipulate, but I was going to fight. There was a shot of freeing us from Amarantha. You were it. And I thought that the cauldron had been sending me these dreams to tell me that you would be the one to save us. Um, and then how he's like, he's the only one who bet on her against the worm. Like he bet yeah. bet on her. And he said, he's like, I fell in love with you. And you threw that bone like at the worm and like flipped like off Amarantha. It's just, 
he just from the beginning. I love, I love this one too. This whole paragraph, like, but your final trial came, and when she started torturing you, something snapped in me. I I couldn't explain. Only that seeing you bleeding and screaming undid me. It broke me at last. And I knew as I picked up that knife to kill her, I knew right then what you were. I knew that you were my mate and you were in love with another male and had destroyed yourself to save him and that that I didn't care. If you were going to die, I was going to die with you. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. I literally have like like five, like it's my highlights are so bad. I could, I literally wrote, I was, you know, just, I, and I felt you die. And then like how like he's just like so white and he goes, and this beautiful, wonderful thing that comes to my life, this gift from the cauldron, it was gone. Like, it's just, uh, like, it's and then, so good. Yeah. I know. Like, I love that he spoke to the High Lords mind to mind also, like convincing yeah. them to come forward. Like they didn't do that on their own accord. Like he made them do it. They didn't and, disagree with him though. Yeah. And then, you know, he says, he said, um, I grabbed the bond between us and I tugged. I willed you to hold on to stay with me because if we could get free, you know, like everyone could save her. And then she like thinks to herself, like when the bone carver asks her, like, what, like, what did you feel? Like when you died, like, what did you feel? And she said, she says like, home, I felt like I was home. And she was home because she was with Reese. I also love that, like, after 50 years of being away from his court, like, he literally landed the night court, Moore's there, and, like, he was so unhinged that all he kept talking about was, like, like, she's my mate. I could just picture him. seen your friends in 50 years. And, like, being so distraught over it, like. (sighs) And what's so nice and special, too, about, like, all of this story is that I think, Again, like, Tamlin never gave her a choice. He manipulated her into this situation that she felt, like, with this treaty and so much of it was a lie. Reese knew what the outcome could be, that she could be his mate and they could live happily ever after. But he never told her because he wanted her to fall for him naturally. He wanted to give her a choice. And he could have just, like, which I'm sure happens a lot in, like, with all the mates and all the fae and everything. He could have just locked her up and said, you're my mate. Like, this is what's happening now but he gave her like a choice and let her fall in love with him naturally. And it's just such an epic story. I think that's what makes If I skip into 55 really quickly. Oh no. Okay. Like, yeah. okay. Cause 54 is amazing, but I don't know. Like there's one part in 55 that like fucking undoes me undoes. I can't speak fucking un- whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, aware of every breath, every movement I sat in his lap, blah, 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 blah. So, like whatever. And now I want you to know, Rhysand, that I love you. I want you to know. And his lips trembled. And I brushed away the tear that escaped down his cheek. Like he cries when he says, she says, "I love you." Like it's like it's like a like a deep breath. Like and she says, "I'm honored to be your mate." And then yeah. like and then what I love too is yes, obviously they get down and dirty soon, but like he gives her a hug and kisses her for or her shoulder, and like to me like. Those are the moments that are just so, it's like an intimate mm-hmm, moment. Yeah. Not smutty like moment. He not literally spicy. has tears running like down his face after she's like, I'll do, I would do it all over again to like find you. Like this poor man, like thought he was going to lose his mate. Like she was going to die. Then she was marrying someone else. And like, then, then she and then hated she him. Says, and then, like you're mine. Like she's the one that yeah. says it first too. Yeah, And, like, I think that, like, Rhysand, like, all he ever wanted was to be loved and to be accepted. And that's why he built his family. Like, he built the inner circle for himself, like, and all that. And, like, the only piece missing was Feyre. And then she's the one that kind of is, like, you're mine. I and know. I was, like, mine, too. <laughs> He's all of ours. Honestly, I'm not kidding. Reese is all of ours. But um, then, after all this gentle, tender moment, and then it says... He hardened against me, and I groaned to my mouth, and the snout sound snapped whatever leash she'd had on himself, and then it goes, 
crazy. Yeah. Um, where was it? We shoot. Oh, okay. So on page 545, this is like, I don't know. We talked about it, but I just like love it. Um, the sun had barely set as recently I walked mm. hand in hand into the dining room of the House of Wind and found more Azrael, Amron, and Cassian already seated waiting for us. As one they stood, as one they looked at me, and as one they bowed. We will serve and protect. They each place a hand on their heart waiting for my reply. Thank you, but I'd rather you were my friends before serving and protecting. We are, but we will serve and protect. My face warmed and I smiled at them. My family. It's so, it's like everything that she's ever wanted for herself. Like, I'm not even kidding. And then you. Reese just goes, now that we've settled that, let's eat. Yeah. Yeah, Reese is like, all right, cool, like, let's go. But that's um, why I love the found family trope, which is why, like, I'm about to say that. And it, it kind of makes me curious, because, again, like, Nesta has her found family in Silver Flames. Yeah. Which, great, happy for her. Happy that she has people that, like, love and support her. Like, again, I'm curious now where... Like what happens? Like who who who's coming into the story next for Elaine? Because like she's gotta have something like that also, right? Like there's gotta be something for this girl. What's so crazy though is she could have ended this this book there. Like it could have ended after fifty six, that chapter yeah. when she was with the inner circle. And as you all know, like is with all these books, like you get set ninety percent and everything's fine and you start getting like sweaty because then shit goes down. And I remember being so scared at that end, being like all of that for nothing like I have been through hell and back for then her just to be taken and then thank god they give you that one little part of like she has the bond like glamoured on her hands and it was just yeah like thank god because I was freaking out I was like you I know, can't go through this again yeah like that Reese POV chapter like right after she gets whisked back to the yeah spring, like saved my life obviously um like I was like worried because I'm like oh she's with Tamlin I don't think Tamlin would hurt her but I just like wanted her and Reese to get back together um but like how he is like he's like she's like my like my like love my mate like blah blah, blah whatever and my spy and I just yeah it just it shows like so much like how he trusts her and like knows how capable she is and it's like the complete opposite of how this like how the book started and how much well, they understand each other like he knew what she was doing like she, yeah like no one else caught on to like why she was doing that. And he's like, no, I, like, I understand my mate. Like, I know what she's doing. And can I say, that's like a big difference between Aelin and Farah. And this is not any offense to any Aelin here. I love Aelin. Like, she's, love you know, she's everything. But she would have made that decision on her own and not included Rowan. Farah and Rhysand make every decision together. Like, she would not have just, like, Aelin, you know, she would have gone back to that spring court and probably not said anything, and they would have been freaking out, and then she would have sent something later, but, like, Rizan and Feyre do these things together as, like, yeah. equal leaders, which I like. Like, I am a, I hate miscommunication and all that, and it would have really made me mad if she went back with a plan and he didn't know. Yeah, like, if he really thought that, like, she, like, something happened, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how he would have believed that, but... Um, but she had like there's like the amnesia trope they could have done like there's all these different things like it was just I'm happy that it was like and then the whole inner circle they didn't keep it from them either they told all of them so they're yeah, all in like the loop um, I feel bad we're talking I'm like taking up your whole podcast here we're like an hour and 14 <laughs> we expected to go over I an hour today long one today <laughs> and you're not taking over and we're all taking up we are I mean I'm actually really impressed with us I'm gonna say guys I think we've been pretty good about not yelling over each other yet. I did not keep to the schedule that I had, like, to be like, oh, we're going to go. 
book by book, chapter by chapter, discuss. We them. never follow any schedule we ever set for ourselves. Every, let's be honest. We roll with punches around here. Like Katie and but I, I think it's also, it's kind of hard to, because I feel like a series like this, once you've read all of it, it's like, there's so much foreshadowing and that's how SJM writes. Like so much happens that connects to the other things. You kind of have to jump around. Like, yeah. My first in in Akawar is um Is it Nesta? No, it's literally it's Reese and it's like the prologue and it's um oh. from like what I, like the first war. And I have a tab because I thought it was just so sad. Um in the hours since they'd save our asses and the tide of battle uh and turn the tide of the battle, I not spotted either of my brothers amongst the living. Did not know if Cassian or Azriel had even fought on the plane. And then he goes on to like talk whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he goes mile after mile, a kingdom of rotten dead, and I still love. Like he's going to each body of yeah. the Illyrian warriors and like looking for them. And like and, looking at all the wings on the ground that were torn yeah. off. Ugh. Mile yeah. after mile, a kingdom of the rotting dead, and I still looked. I highlighted that too because it was just so depressing. But it's like I think that it's just a good depiction of like what war is too. It's when like all those dead bodies on the ground, and it's just yeah. And like knowing knowing how Aka War ends, I picked up a lot on it this time. Like a lot of like what he's like starts like saying to the inner circle and saying to Feyre, like you can like tell that he's like saying goodbye to them because he does not expect to live like through the final battle, which he doesn't. Um, spoiler alert, just kidding. I assume if you're listening, then you've read this. But um I don't listen, I don't even want to talk about the spring court. I want to just jump into when Cassian and Azrael land on the ice when they're battling with Lucian's brother. Oh my god, I know. That's I'm happy that they did not make her stay for that long because she, like if they had dragged it out where she was with the spring court to like 50% in or something, like I would have not got I would have been struggling a little bit, I think. Oh, I would have definitely been struggling. No, where is it? A shadow slammed into the earth before us, cracking the ice towards every horizon. Not a shadow. An Illyrian warrior. Seven red siphons glinted over his scaled black armor as Cassian tucked in his wings and snarled at Eris with five centuries worth of rage. You see all the theories about Eris now? Like, people talk a lot about Eris now. Like, I've only recently seen it start popping up a lot. Like, they have, like... Flames, people started liking him, and, like... I just, I don't think that not, I don't think everyone needs a redemption arc. Like, I think that we can accept that he was similar to a lot of these characters in war. He did something he shouldn't have done, and he probably does regret it. But, like, I'm okay with that as being it. He will get a redemption. Like, we're going to find out what really went on between him and more, because there's a lot that we don't know. And you pick up on that at the, kind of at the end of Akawar, like, at the one meeting that they have with theirs. But you pick up on a lot of that in Silver Flames. He's like, you don't know the whole story. You don't know what really happened. Um, and so I feel like he'll get a redemption. He's not going to get, like, a story. We're probably going to get, like, a couple chapters where we, like, really learn that he's not, a, like, a bad guy. But I don't need, like, an Eris POV. No. No. But I want to know the full story because, like, it was obviously traumatic. Like, and so much of yeah, how like, more is the way that she is is because of that. Yeah, exactly. But like, I I'd like talk like, about this. I don't find more as interesting as I. I just uh, do not, and this is I feel bad. I don't care about her as a character. Like I like her. I think she's like a nice. I like, want her to yeah. have a happily ever after. Yeah, but like I don't really need a more book. Like I know that we're gonna get it. Um, I want Amarin. Like I want her from when she was created. Amarin too. Till I love everything. Amarin. Like, the like how did she get out of jail? Like, how did she get out of the prison? 
And I want to know more about the prison. Like to me, that was one of the most interesting parts of this book because how nobody really knows everything that's happening in this prison. Or who's there, how they got there. Like Azkaban on crack. Like it's just, I want to know everything about it. And, um, but yeah, like when, so like when she first sees Azriel and Cassian for the first time, we didn't talk about it, but like everything that happens in Highburn at the end of Akamath goes to shit. Um, but like, she only knows that they're doing okay because Reese has like sent like little messages down the bond. But basically like she, uh, this is the first time she's seeing them and they're whole and they're healed and they're like back to like fighting, like they're fighting powers. Um, and like, she has like a moment. Um, and then, and then um, this is where like everyone finds out that she's high lady. She's like, I'm high lady of the night court. There's no such thing as High Lady of the Night Court. Or there's no such thing as High Lady when Lucian's brother's fat. There is now. Oh, wow. And she goes, she looks at Cassie and she goes, take me home. And uh, like whatever, they bring him. Um, they bring like Lucian with them. And Cassie and smile often. Hello, Feyre. Like, and she likes like starts crying and like throws her arms around his neck. And he's like, I missed you too. And it's just, I love her. friendship. Even in Akamath, we didn't talk about it when he's training her and she like is like talking about like what went on under the mountain and she's like punching him and she doesn't realize that her hands are on fire and she's burned through like the pads and she's just like unleashing herself like on Cassie and like, and he's just like, he's just taking hit after hit after hit. Like for her. I feel like Cassian is what Lucian could have been to her. Had he like, but yeah, like I love their friendship too. It's so great. And I yeah. also like how she's very like, you know, I mean, I know for a little bit, she was like, we don't like the high lady thing. Like we don't need to like say this big thing, but then she kind of just like owns it. Like she understands that those two words have so much power and that even though, cause you know, like Faye is a very humble person, but she learns that like being humble versus not awful owning who you are. Like she is the curse breaker. She, and that's a role that she, it's a lot of pressure to fill, but she still fills it. And she does it with such just power. Like she's so badass. And I think people always, just because Nesta was a lot more stronger personality, they almost undermine how strong of a person Feyre is and how powerful and confident she is. And she, yeah. I think she, she is badass. I don't know why, like compared to Aelin and Bryce and all the other SDM characters, she almost gets looked at as like sweet little innocent Feyre when She's not at all. No, I think that people look at her that way because her personality is softer. Like, she's a very caring, empathetic, sympathetic person. So people assume that she's not as strong because, like, Aelin and Bryce are more, like, in your face. They have, like, stronger personalities, but that doesn't make them stronger. Well, you're all equal footing. Yeah. Like, even 200, page 200, like, I know we talked about it earlier, like, when Cassian's upset because, like, like, it's, like, as High Lady, you're mine. Like, and Azrael's and Mord's and Amarin's, you belong to all of us. We belong to you. We wouldn't have put you in so much danger. And then in the end, he kind of says, you didn't think you were essential. Like you saved our asses. Yes. But you didn't think you were essential here. Whereas like, not that like Bryce and Aelin walk around going like, oh, I'm essential. But I think they have more of a complex that like, no, I'm living motherfuckers. Like I'll do whatever I need to do. But like, I'm still going to be okay. Whereas like they really would sacrifice herself if it meant like saving her friends and family. Yes. Like, and like Kathy and saying that too, like just makes me think, um like at the end so like Reese gets mad at him in like the one battle because he like dives into like the middle of the battle I think it's at the summer court 
and basically like Azrael has to hold Cassian's guts in and he like oh he's like basically almost killed mm-hmm. on the battlefield and Reese gets so mad at him for it um and Cassian's like why like why do you think that you're the only like essential person like why are you, are you the only one who can sacrifice themselves for like the greater cause and then at the end when Cassian literally is going to sacrifice himself because they're pull they're trying to pull um Highburn out away from the cauldron with Nesta as like bait and they everyone knows like this is goodbye Cassian is not going to make it out of this and like Reese is like you can't like you can't like it's killing Reese to like let his friend do this and he's like you're like you've done enough basically um yeah. but I feel like they're all willing to like sacrifice themselves for each other and that's why I fucking love them so much <laughs> and then I, I love that Cassian starts to bait Nesta too so like they're like they're in the fighting ring like Nesta shows up um, and Cassian says to her, like, seems like you're a little on edge, Nesta, and you left so abruptly last night. Anyway, I can ease the tension. It's like, it's like, I know. I, actually, I like, I like them together because I love Cassian so much. So much. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I just, I have like, I have things to have for Cassian and Nesta. I just think Cassian deserves a little bit better from her. Um, and I, but I like that even in Silver Flames, I mean, not even, especially in Silver Flames, you know how a lot of times it's, I feel like it's a thing that happens in life when guys get mad when like, or a girl gets mad because their guy like, you know, I don't know, doesn't defend someone or something like that. Like the way that like Cassian defends Feyre to Nesta, I love that because he could easily have just bit his tongue and been like, you know what, this is my woman. I love her. I'm just going to let her talk mm-hmm. shit about her sister. But he's like, and it's not just the high lady thing. It's the, he actually respects her and doesn't yeah. want Nesta being a brat to her sister. Yeah. Um, when Reese and Feyre see each other for the first time after the spring court and she like falls to her knees. Um, but at the end, like after everything goes, I missed you every second, every breath, not just this, but talking to you, laughing with you. I missed having you in my bed, but I missed having you as my friend even more. Yeah. Like I always like, say, I love that. Like, like they're, they're besties. Like that's so cute. I and know. they still flirt so much. Like when they're in the library and he's yeah. saying like, you know, I could just find a way to distract you. And then like all of a sudden, like he winnows away and then they're like, he's just jumping around, you know, doing his little like winnowing thing. Yeah. But it's just like the way that they flirt because a lot of times in really in romance stories, when they get together, that's when the romance just dies or it's just smut. Like that's all it is. Yeah. There's so much still tension because also still getting to know each other. Yeah. And like, I love the library. I'm a sucker for a library scene though. So. Oh, that's why I like, I like, like Silver Flames. Like, I think as much as I did, because a lot of it is like in the library. Same. Um, I need to do a reread of Silver Flames. I just like, honestly. I was actually going to say, like, I really kind of want to reread it. Also yeah. because that's the hottest book. It truly is. And oh. despite how I feel about it, yeah. like, Cassian is just a dime. Like, if this, okay, Reese is the love of my life. Like, I would not pick anybody over Reese. Besides Lance O'Ryan. But, like, in real life, like, say I was Faye and I was, like, living in Prithian, like, I would be head over heels in love with Cassian. Like, he's, like, more of my type, like, on paper. He's, he's really. a frat boy. Yeah. The, and with a heart of gold. I, I love a frat boy with a heart of gold. Like, Dean DeLaurentis, Cassian, same person, different script. Um, but, yeah, sorry. I'm I'm just, like, now, like, reading the book as if whatever. Um... I know we're going to okay. end up just having this be an audiobook because we're just going to be reading. <laughs> I know at the end. Okay. So at the end of Akamath, 
I mean, yeah, Akamaf, when Cassian is like sacrificing himself for Anessa and they have that moment where he's like, I wish we had more time. I'll find you yeah. in another life, like whatever. And it's like, she's willing to die with him. And then we get to Akawar and she literally is treating him like shit for half this book. It's hard to read. And I, again, not trying to ever diss her. It's just, it's, it's not- very hard to read because he's also been through crap in his life. It's not like he's had this pleasant, happy-go-lucky life. He lost his best friend. He almost has died many times. Like, you know, when, like, when, and when Rethany obviously was under they the mountain. They all trauma. You'd think they'd be, like, you'd think she'd be, like, a little bit more understanding to others. Like, she went through trauma and, like, everyone else has also. Where's the therapist in Valaris? You know, like, they really should have hired, like, an MD to just be there and talk them through all of this. I think we could have resolved a lot quicker. And I then, also, I, sorry. I'm sorry. So then when they're in the library and they're getting attacked by, like, the, 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 the ravens that, like, Elaine had, like, the vision about, and Feyre is, like, protecting Nessa, and she's like, you need to run, you need to run, like, get out of here. Um, And... Like she comes out, whatever. Like they're they're rescued. They're back at the house, and Nesta goes. You told me to run, and Favorite's like, "Yeah, you're my sister." Like, and Favorite said, "She's like, yes, of course I would protect you. You're my sister." And the first thing Nesta like asks about, she goes, "Like, she's like Elaine. Like, is Elaine Elaine okay?" Like, she doesn't even. She's not even like worried. Yeah, like, but not even like worried about Favorite. She's like, "Is is Elaine okay?" And like, I even in Silver Flames, I feel like I never understood the relationship between. Elaine. Well, Elaine's not like that towards Nesta. No. And I know she's that, like, Elaine, Elaine Elaine's also, like, not helpless. No. That's the thing. Like, Elaine but comes she's naive. Protecting, but I don't think she does. No, I I mean, she's doing something in that garden, and I don't think it's just picking flowers. You know, there's something more, because they wouldn't have brought it up that much. But, no, I agree. That always made me so mad when something would happen and it was and I get that as far as they know Elaine doesn't have anything they, they know she has powers but they don't know to the extent and so like slowly throughout this book we learn more but they still like they treat it like Sarah just because she does have all these skills that like let's forget about her and that's just like where's Elaine where's Elaine where's Elaine and I don't know I would be pissed no I would be too I mean Whatever. And now, okay, so then, then they go to the, bo- um, the bone carver again. She goes with Cassie in this time. She realizes that the bone carver looks like Elise and her. And she's like, oh, that's going to be our kid. child. And um, she doesn't tell Reese right away. But, um, like, wait, sorry. You know, she doesn't tell Reese right away. Um, but basically, like later on in the in like the story, like she tells him, and he's like, "What does he look like?" And she like shows him. Um, and that's why people like get like upset, like that, like she ends up pregnant like right away because it's supposed to be like hard for them to get pregnant. And she said that you know in act story, not ready to have kids yet because she wants to like she's only like she's only like twenty at this point, twenty one maybe. Um, but I feel like after like everything that they went through. And seeing that, like, there is a child in their future, that, like, they probably would have changed their mind, like, once, like, things had settled down and, like, they weren't fighting anymore and they were, he died. And, like, she was probably like, why are we going to try to wait to have kids, like, when we can, like, start, like, having this, like, life now? Like, that, like, her getting pregnant and having a baby, like, never, like, doesn't bother me. Unpopular opinion, but I I don't like a pregnancy, like, I don't love books that start off with a pregnancy trope, personally, but I don't mind once they're together and happy, like I love an epilogue with a baby, like, and I love all of that. And 
So that's where I felt like there's, it wasn't like they got pregnant in Acomath. Like I felt like there was enough of their relationship built already to where it did make sense for me. Yeah. But no, no I remember like reading all of that with, you know, when they're in the prison with the bone carver though, and then all that and seeing like the like foreshadowing and it's just, I mean, you knew it wasn't going to be an easy one from no. like the get go. Um, I also underline a lot of stuff about Amarin just because I am so intrigued by her. Like, I think I have so many theories that I don't, same. I'm not going to say here because yeah, they're because spoilers, there could be spoilers. Else. but it's yeah. just like, especially like the one part on 285 where she's like, when NASA asks, like, what were you? And she says, and she's always toying with jewelry or beads. So that's why I, I like highlighted a bunch of that stuff. Like she's playing with her black earring, pearl earrings. She's mm-hmm. a messenger and a soldier assassin. For a wrathful God who ruled a young world. And then she asked, like, was that was Amber in your name? No, I don't remember the name I was given. I used it because it's a long story. And then she says, oh, but then Elaine stares at her and because she must see something. And I know she goes into her thing, but also I know it connects to something else, but I still think that Elaine knows what Amarin is, was. And so, I don't know. I think Amarin's going to have a whole. I think they, there's going to be some sort of side story or something with her. They make a comment. Like about like or like before the end of the book, I, I think it's in R- Wings and Ruin. It might be in Akamath about like her liking shiny things and like something about her like being like like oh she she might be a fire draken from like blah 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 like whatever. And then at the end of the book, they don't describe exactly what she looks like. They say like she's like huge and she's like made of flames and her and Vasa who's a fl- like a flying bird they're like basically taking everybody out and Amber's not even like torching people she just has to like fly over them and like look at them and like their souls are being ripped from their bodies um but they like mention fire draken and then when she's out of her human form she's literally just like a huge monstrous like flame like a, and, like a being like like just yeah so I think that there's something there with like this like fire drake and we're obviously gonna have to find out more about it but that battle and i think you're, i think it is this book yeah. when, when that you're talking yeah it's the end of this one that yeah. would be like if that could be translated to film or tv the way that it is in my head like i am picturing lord of the rings meets game of thrones epic battle like yes with amarin just flying over everyone and then there's like the dad coming in on the ships and it's just it could be extraordinary if that could be done right because i don't i love battle scenes no me too then we have the high lords meeting which is just that's my one and only asriel tab i like when tamlin like walks in and he's like you if like you hadn't stolen my bride away and pharaoh goes the sun was shining when i left you and then he goes when you when you fuck her, have you ever noticed that little noise she makes right before she climaxes? Oh. And then Azriel says, be careful how you speak about my high lady. And that is, that is the reason why Azriel is even like on my radar, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't even care when he like defends like more and like attacks Eris. Like, that's also why I don't like more. Cause we find out in this book that more is I I mean she doesn't like call herself a lesbian so I don't want to like call her a lesbian but that she prefers females that she like has never really been into Azriel but she doesn't want to tell anybody about this like preference that she has for females I guess because the way that like her family would react not the inner circle but I guess like her father probably um and it just like like this is my issue with more is that she's like it's okay if you don't want to come out or like express like you know 
your sexuality or anything like that, that's completely up to you. That's fine. But her using like Azrael almost as like a safeguard so that she doesn't have to be herself knowing how he feels about her. And like for how many years, like 200 plus years, she's like kind of like keeping him on the hook so that she doesn't have to deal with her own issues. I feel like is like not a good look for her as like a character. Because you could be without having to own your sexuality. You could still just say, I'm not into you. Like she could just say, I haven't found the right person yet. And, you know, and again, like I would never undermine that kind of a conversation, be, like of what she's going through internally. And I am glad that she feels like she can she can confide in Feyre and everything at some point. But it's just, yeah, I think that, I mean, Azrael's been pining for her forever. At least, at least, like fifty four, years, like probably fifty years. Yeah, like, no, again, like you need to divulge to him what's up, but like you could at least say like I'm sorry, like like I love you, but like not like yeah, that, like, I, like I'm not into you. Yeah, like I love you, like. I'm just like I don't feel like, like you mean everything to me, but like as like a family member and friend, but not as like someone who would be something more. Right. I mean, like I do take a hint too, honestly, at this point. But like, you know, like when you like like really care about somebody and like you're like I like I hope that they can eventually feel this way back. Like, and I'm sure that she like you know flirts with him and like gives him like false hope. Like when they all go out together. Tarita's. Tarita, I want to go to Rita's. Same. This High Lord meeting, though, is just, it's so good because I feel like in fantasy books, it's always a very, like, climatic moment when all of the different entities are all together. Like, you know, the Fellowship of the Ring, when they all come and meet to talk about their journey, like, so with this one, when they're all there, and seeing them all come in, and I'm like, I'm going to say it wrong, Helian, Helian, Helian. I say Helian, but I don't know. And, yeah, and just, like, all of them, and, um, like, they're bringing their wives and everything, and I always thought it was very, like, just I liked when all of a sudden the other women are kind of seeing that Rhysand's the only, even though they all respect and love their wives or mates, none of them were asked to be high lady. And that Feyre was like, it just kind of showed that there's like going to definitely, there's a shift. And, and that's why I think A Court of Silver Flames was written the way it was with female empowerment, because Feyre kind of started this movement that women can be so much more than just a mate who's a yeah. high lord. Agreed. Sorry. What do we think about Helian being Lucian's dad? That's why I think Lucian's going to play a bigger role. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's 100% his dad, right? Like, at this point, I think it's I canon. Think why they would, like, harp on it so much. Because even at I the know. end of Aka War, Feyre, like, says it again. And Reese is like, just keep it to yourself. Yeah, like, shut up, girl. <laughs> like, not, like, now's not the time. And I feel like it's, like, that's why I feel like something more is going to come of it in, like, that, like, Elaine book. I don't I mean... I don't know if Elaine and Lucian will end up together. I kind of like like the thought of them, like her like rejecting the bond. I don't really care if she ends up with Azrael or not, like whatever, honestly. Um, I don't think she will though. I don't think she but, will either. Um, I think that like Lucian's role for what however the story progresses is going to be bigger because of that. And I think that he will end up High Lord. I hope so. I mean, so, he has been through quite a bit. Like, let's just give him, give him a little court. Somewhere. I mean, that's why like, I feel bad about the bonding me. Cause like it does, they do say in this book, like, like, cause Feyre's asking, like, can they reject it? And he's like, Feyre's saying like, yes, you can, but like, you're always going to have like a pining for the other. So it's I, like, that sucks. Well, it's like, and this is not doing any spoilers to another series. It's just how they talk about like star cross lovers and Zodiac Academy yes. and how you're, no matter what you do, you will never find someone who 
it's not as it's your person after that whole like, yeah. scenario. If someone does choose to reject a mate, like a bonding, and that's how I, I picture Lucian, and it actually broke my heart, even though it's not like I'm his number one fan. I, I'm kind of just indifferent towards him, but can you imagine like pining after someone and not just because you have a crush on them, but because literally the gods have essentially told you this is who your heart is supposed to be with. And then they're just like, I just want to go plant some tulips and ignore you. Or like, yeah, I'm going to keep talking about how I'm supposed to get married in a couple of days to somebody else who fucking hates your kind. Like, what? Like, you need to get over the little mortal family, though. Oh like, I'm God, sorry. It's over and done with. They weren't good people. Like, there's bigger things going on, Elaine. Yeah, exactly. like, everybody's going to die. Um, like, the only one who's marrying you is because you had money now. Back up. But no, like... So, I finally did, like, finish... I think I finished this this morning um, through my read-through, and it's... The dad dying didn't impact me as much this time as it did the first time I read it. And it's not that I don't, like, sympathize. I mean, it was sad. I cry over literal spilled milk. So it still was sad. But I think the first time I read it, I was a lot more emotional. But then reading through it this time and just seeing he could have done so much more. And I think it was a little bit too much of a tragic death than he deserved, if that I, I just couldn't have cared less about their dad dying and like none of them I mean I feel like Feyre was maybe the only one who actually cared about him maybe Elaine Nessa fucking hated her dad and I get you can still be sad if like your parent obviously passes away and you don't have a good relationship with them um, I think that's actually why she took it the hardest because like she had such a horrible relationship with him and then he like he finally came through I think her like her biggest issue was that he never did anything for them. Like he, ne- he, Farrah was the one that was basically supporting the whole family. The dad never tried after they like lost their fortune to like get a job or to support them. And then he finally does. And before they can even like have like any kind of moment, he's killed. I mean, he like you know he says like I like love you. I've like always like loved you. Well, um, and he didn't even. The only reason he really helped out is because he happened to be at the right place at the right time and run into what's her name and uh, what's right. his name? I can never remember yeah. their name. Vasa and Jurian. Yeah, like if, if he didn't run into them, it would have been nothing. Like he just happened to be kind of traveling because then she said that she ran into you know him when he was sailing or whatever, and it was just Winston. <laughs> Goose is literally conked out snoring. I gave him a lot of treats, so in like a food coma. But no, it was that whole thing though. And then like with Elaine, she keeps getting herself captured and like taken in and everything. It was just yeah. It is. I do like I the second half of this book was a lot faster than the first half. Like I thought it was. It's a little slower just because I think I mentioned this to you guys before. Like just after coming off the high of Atlas Math. Yeah. You're just like. But then yeah. it just I Akamath is number one to me. I think I like Wings and Ruin second. Um and then uh, uh, Thorns and Roses. I still like Thorns and Roses though. Like I mean I understand why people skip it in a reread. I think it just like sets up like so much for the whole series though. Um It's very it is hard to read it knowing that you're reading about a man that you don't like. But yeah. like you said, I mean knowing what's coming, it's still nice to read it. And like, I've never read the books, but like Jennifer Akita, I believe is how you say her name. She narrates one and two, and then Amanda Lee Cobb re- like narrates three. And like Amanda's great, 
but I think Jennifer just does such a better job yeah. that I'd prefer to re-listen to one and two than three. I Yeah, no, I agree with you. Well, and two, I feel like even though obviously like Aquabar is still in her head, Feyre is like, we're still not getting other POVs. There's so many more characters. So mm-hmm. when narrators have to do so many different voices, that's when I start, you know, and I just prefer the other ones. Like that's just who I associate with Feyre at this point. I just think it's her voice. Like it's, I think it's her voice in general for me. Like there's something about Jennifer that like, is Akatar, whereas like Amanda comes, and it could just be because she narrated one and two. Like maybe if Amanda narrated one and two, I'd feel the same way. But like to me, like I love Wings of Ruin, but like I like it's like oh, the voice to me is just like even like Silver Flames. It's Cena Nielsen, and like I love Cena Nielsen's narrations, but it's, it's just like a whole different. I also think it's like a whole different book outside the series too. Like I don't think of it as like the Akatar series, um but I think it's just her voice in general. Like I think it's just because I heard one and two, so it's like oh one someone new do it so I'm just like going through my tabs and I found the one part where um they like like when they're trying to go get Elaine back and everything when she was being when she was sold out by what's her name Eanth or however you pronounce her name Ianthe <laughs> just like me here pronouncing her name wrong bitch. we should talk about Ianthe for a second what an asshole yeah. I she's, know she's, she's like the for... she's Dolores Umbridge of Akatar series. Yeah, she deserve... even she killed. I'm glad her death was killed. She called. She killed the serial, and therefore she. I owe her not a single thought for the she rest. She was of just me. from yeah. the second she appeared with the wedding planning and all that stuff and different things like what a agenda malicious bitch like there even before i found out she was evil i didn't like her because like well that then also because yeah. when you're reading akamax you're still kind of sort of team tamlin a little bit for the beginning and yeah. you knew she wanted that role like so it was just oh i just did not she was an awful she awful was terrible character. wait so i'm like reading the end um when like fair was like putting the cauldron back together and she was like, more, we needed more. He gave it to me. Reese handed over everything. I love you, he whispered into my mind. I felt him tremble behind me, heard his wet um, rasp of breath. I love you, he said again. His power began to sputter or whatever. And that's when she turns around and she's like, the mating bond wasn't there. It was gone because his own chest was not moving or Reese was dead. Um, and she's like, the last I love you, which had not been a declaration, but a goodbye. And like, she just start, she's just screaming at this point. Mm-hmm. And like... Like, like you can like feel that. I know. Like, well, not- and and I actually, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, oh, obviously he's not really dead. I have read and watched Game of Thrones. I do not trust anything in books. Like, I especially yeah. since at one point this was going to be the last in the series. Like, she didn't like a quarter Fox yeah. and Starlight and um, a quarter Solar Flames were like afterthoughts. So I mean she could have killed him and the story could have continued because there's so many other characters. So that's where I was like, yeah. What? But no, when, um, I love the line though, like right before that, but also I think kind of like built his death is how much he was. So just giving her all these like little tokens of wisdom. Like when she was going to get Elaine and he says that you do not fear, you do not falter, you do not yield. And then he says like, remember that you are a wolf and cannot be caged. And that he just was so supportive and just, Oh, believed in her, and then we thought we lost him. And then and, Cassian almost, too. Yeah, I know. Well, I was going to say, like, right before the battle, they're like, are you going to give us, like, he, they basically like, are you going to give us, like, 
um, like a pep talk. And uh, he basically like goes one by one and he's all, like, he's basically saying goodbye to them all. And like, I mean, like we knew that like he like, was going in thinking that he was like not going to make it or that some of them weren't going to make it. But like looking back, like he really was like he he knew going in like that he was going to give his life. Um, and I know people get mad that like they at the end, they like make the bond that like if one of them dies, the other does, too. And then people are like, that's fucking stupid because now they have a kid and like like, you know, if she died in Silver Flames, Nyx would be an orphan. But like after the trauma that like. First of all, he had to feel her die and watch her die. Then you have to think like what less than a year later or a year later, she has to feel and go through the exact same thing. They weren't thinking about having kids or anything at that point. Like, and we don't know what a mating bond feels like to be like ripped, like to have like your soul almost feel like it's being ripped out of your body. It's like, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I think it's. Well, I kind of do. And I think think you'll disagree. But I get why they did it. I just think it's selfish in a way. And I'm obviously, I mean, we all know I I die for those too. But knowing like in this book, you see from when Cassian and all of them are talking to Feyre about what they had to deal with when Reefin was under the mountain for all those years and like what they had to deal with their families and the camps and all that. I think knowing what it would have done to them if either right. of them, because they see both of them as equals now, like even though they've only known Pharaoh for a hot second, she is no less than Rhysand. So it's just, I think that's what does get in your, but also this is a book about war and there's things going on. And I think that, you know, there's a chance that none of them are going to live past the week. So they're all, you make a lot of those. I mean, and all be all promises. Yeah. Like Nesta and Cassian, like weren't even together. And she was like, I'm going to die here with him because like she felt like like that's why like I, I get what Mary's saying like I think it's a little, like it can be selfish but like I don't know I make a joke with Tom all the time too that like if he dies I have to die or vice versa but like and we're not like obviously like any kind of I make here. that with my dog um, but <laughs> um but I actually like kind of find it like weirdly beautiful like I think it like based like back to what T said like they both like went through feeling each other die that like they truly don't want to live in a world without each other. And like, yeah, like they're not thinking about obviously anybody else but themselves in that moment. But like, I think that just speaks like the power of their love. I mean, now that they have a baby, like they obviously have more to live for, of course. Like now like it should just be broken and maybe you guys yeah. can do that. Right. Right. At the time, like, it definitely, I- it's, it's a different set. Like it's different knowing what like we know and knowing that it all works out. So I think right. it's a little bit, I do think, I don't know. I I think it's they even know it's not probably the smartest decision they've ever made, but it's it, we deal with it kind of it's now. Decision they wanted to make. Like yeah. I, I, because, I think it almost goes back to the fact that like they they like it's their decision. Like I the mean, power like their own and the bond and the mating. It's like like you said, Teresa. Like we don't really necessarily understand what it would feel like. To me, I literally picture it as like when the cauldron or Erd, whoever the heck is creating these beings it's literally two halves of a whole. So like it could literally feel like your soul is being ripped out and you could yeah. die anyways. So like, we don't yeah. know what that is. Like, like yeah. When, when Favor is dying under, like when she dies under the mountain, Reese is like, I was willing to die with you. And they weren't even mated yet, but he like felt like he felt like the crack. That urge, yeah. So like, I just feel like I, I think at the time, I mean now like you have a kid, like obviously you have to think differently. Um, but I don't know. Like it didn't, 
retrospect, like I said, like I now, like now there's an issue because they have a baby involved. But like at the time, like at the end of the book, I was like, that's so beautiful. Well, yeah, <laughs> and also, yeah. Like, how hard is supposed to be to have a baby? Like no one thought they were going to be, you know, with child so soon. I have a question. How do you guys picture the cauldron? <laughs> like, do you actually picture like a like I picture like a bathtub? Uh, in my head, it's a black like, tub. It's whatever, because like we're gonna go. It's and then a like, black cast iron tub in my mind. Like it's a round, Same. like picture like yeah. a huge, like just huge. like a huge, like. Is that, isn't that kind of like weird to think about? Like, because like when I'm reading it, I'm literally taking yeah, like a big like cast iron tub that's black and has like a galaxy of star kind of flowy thing inside it. But it's so crazy that that is the thing that has effed up everything. Yeah. In this. I know. I just love these books so much. But it's something. So I just read a book recently that has a cauldron as like a being too. So it must be something in like folklore or history or something that has been because I've actually seen it in like a couple different fantasy type worlds. And like they like they say that they can't move it, but then like Hybern moves it like all around. So like obviously there has to be a spell to help him move it. And like what's it filled with? Like just it's like like, I, like back to like Mary said it too. Like I feel like in a lot of like even like Disney movies like Halloween Town, the cauldron shows you everything. <laughs> like you yeah. can see like <laughs> she like waves a little wand. Like there's like swirl. And like how is it making decisions things. and doing all this? Like it's there's like, got to yeah. be something that died to create it. Yes. But then also the, speaking of Highburn, I've been seeing on TikTok a lot lately how. And I guess I never picked up on this. And they never tell you the cauldron, or not the cauldron, Hybern's name. Yeah, no, he's just king of no, Hybern. Yeah, they call him Hybern. So there's got to be something. Like, I feel like she, like, so someone, are you? she gives so many specific names to everyone, Sarah J. Matt. I feel like there's got to be some sort of history to who and why. Same thing why we don't know Resan's last name. Yeah. Interesting. I would make it my last name if he wanted. Same. Resandolini sounds kind of good too. Um, so we're at two hours. I know. Yeah. And we need to pick a winner for the giveaway. Yeah. Um, I picked one. I F U underscore reads. Congratulations. Thank you, everyone who participated in the giveaway. Sorry yeah, for thank you. Sorry that not everybody could win, but we're not that rich. The real winners are the ones that listen to us talk for almost two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah y'all deserve like, prizes. Sounds like a Joe, like a Joe Rogan style podcast. You know what we should have done? We should have announced it at like three quarters the way in to really see, so they're not just skipping to the end. Yeah. Just like <laughs> pop it in, like there you are. I've been looking for you, and the winner is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, we wanna thank you guys for having me, though. We want to thank Mary for joining us. We love Thanks, you. Mary. Um, we did not stick to the agenda that I had for each book. I feel like we missed so many things. Um, we definitely didn't even get into Silver Flame, so that'll have to be like a part two eventually. Um, next week, we have book club pick uh, The Kiss Curse. The Kiss Curse. Then we have a Spilling the Tea episode. Then we are doing Daughter of the Drowned Empire. And the final week of October, we're doing our Zodiac Academy books one through three reread special edition. And we're listening because the Bordeaux's. Yes, we are listening. Um, also, I just don't have the time to read books one through three with everything else that I'm reading right now. So we are doing a re-listen for the Zodiac Academy. So stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, thanks guys for listening. Thank you guys so much for having me. We love you.
Love you, Daniel. It's Mary at Roses Are Red. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe to receive notifications anytime a new episode drops. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at thebff.bookclub. If you have any comments, questions, book recommendations, or books you want us to talk about in future episodes, please send us an email at thebff.bookclub1 at gmail.com. We appreciate your support. See you, fuckers. See you.